G'day and welcome to part 8. Today I want to talk about the Christian disciple and evangelism concentrating mainly on Paul's method and his message, particularly in Corinth. Jesus speaking in Mark chapter 10 verse 45 For even the Son of Man did not come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus Christ was the man born to die. That is what we celebrate at Christmas when God, who is outside of both time and space, entered history in the form of a human baby. His purpose, as explained in Mark 10.45, was to give his life as a ransom for many. And the Apostle Paul takes up that message and preached it. But what were Paul's methods and his message. Firstly, Paul's method. He reasoned from the scriptures about Jesus Christ. Paul knew that scripture had been revealed, inspired and illuminated by God. Paul knew that scripture equipped for service and helped the person get to know God better. Paul also knew that scripture revealed God's program, particularly concerning Jesus Christ, and he also knew that getting to know scripture was vital in order to be used in evangelism. So in evangelism, we also use scripture. And secondly, part of Paul's method was to meet wherever people are, whether that be in the synagogue, where the Jews naturally went to worship, whether it would be the marketplace, where people congregated, or where uh, people were working particularly with put working with Paul in Acts 18 verse 3 or Paul invited them back to the place where he was staying as in Acts 18 verse 7 and wherever he went Paul forged relationships hence the letters that we have in the New Testament to the various churches however Paul was always prepared to change strategy particularly in Acts 18 verse 6 where he tells the Jews if you're not going to listen to this message, I'm going off to the Gentiles and promptly went next door to the synagogue to the home of a Gentile leader. And finally, Paul overcame his own fears and his own limitations and weaknesses by relying totally on God's power when witnessing, as in Acts 18, when he was in Corinth. And what was Paul's message? For Paul, the cross was central to the gospel. Paul's gospel message, particularly in Corinth, was Jesus and him crucified. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 2. The gospel is the cross, and that is why it is so central to the gospel message. As important as the incarnation, resurrection and ascension are, without Jesus' death on the cross, there would be no Christianity, and subsequently no hope for the world. Remember, Jesus was the man who was born to die. Therefore, the interpretation that we place on Jesus' death is utterly paramount. That he died is without doubt, but why did he have to die, and what gain do we have as his disciples? Firstly, let's talk about God. By his very nature, God is loving and compassionate forgiving, faithful and slow to anger. Exodus chapter 34 explains this. This is the part, if we're being honest, all of us are most comfortable with. 
We like to think of God as being all loving and cuddly. Yet God is also holy, righteous and just and must punish sin and disobedience because of this very same nature. Otherwise he would not be God. That is the part we as 21st century people are most uncomfortable with. We still love to think of God as being all love and gentleness but we don't like to think of him as a judge who must punish sin and disobedience. But we need to remember that God loves righteousness and holiness and hates wickedness, Psalm 45 verse 7. Therefore sin and disobedience must be dealt with and it cannot simply be ignored. Sin and disobedience of God is humanity's problem. And sin and disobedience is what separates humans from God and as a consequence leads to both a spiritual and a physical death. Romans 6.23, Isaiah 59.2 And nobody is immune, nobody escapes, as all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Romans 3.23 In the Old Testament, sins were dealt with by blood sacrifices of atonement as coverings for sin. Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11 For without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. Hebrews 9.22 So what do we do about it? There is a solution. God to the rescue. That's what the Old Testament's about. And solution lies not in continual animal sacrifice of the Old Testament. Because Hebrews 10 verse 4 reminds us that the blood of animals cannot take away sin but was only ever meant to be a veneer or a covering or a temporary measure. That was why it was necessary to repeat time and time again. And it is only through the death of Jesus that sin is taken away. Hebrews 9, 11-15 and 26-28 And that was only needed once. Therefore Jesus is our permanent sacrificial substitute. That is why the elements of bread and wine in communion or breaking of bread or the Eucharist are symbolic and not somehow changed into actual flesh and blood at any time, as some would have us believe. And so Jesus' death was a substitution. Jesus died for our sin, the just for the unjust, 1 Peter 3.18, so that we would not have to die. That is how God is both just and justifier of sinners. And that is why Jesus needed to be both fully God and fully human. If he left either divinity or humanity, it would not be the full substitutionary sacrifice that was necessary to bear the permanent consequences of sin past, present and future sin. This substitution was the sacrifice required in order that Jesus as the Lamb of God could take away the sins of the world John 1.29 Jesus was the propitiation for all sin and propitiation is the turning aside of God's anger by the offering of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ towards sin and sinful behaviour God necessarily has great fury, anger and wrath Jeremiah 21 verse 5 Hebrews 10 30, 31 reminds us it is dreadful to fall into the hands of the living God yet to balance that as Micah 7 verse 18 says he is also slow to anger and quick to forgive God's anger and judgement of sin therefore falls on Christ instead of us humans therefore we need to approach God in order to appease his anger in order to accept it 
Romans 3.25, Isaiah 53.5, John 2.2 2 and John 5.6. And 1 John 4 verse 10 says, This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us first and sent His Son as a sacrifice or propitiation to take away our sins. To some people, even in the church, this is abhorrent. The very thought that God could willingly send His Son to be a blood sacrifice for sin is tantamount to cosmic child abuse, some say, and have said. Richard Dawkins, the atheist, calls Jesus' crucifixion an act of sadomasochism. And neither of these opinions is either valid or true. God's requirements are very clear all throughout, John, all throughout the Old Testament. And as John 3.16 says, in response to these theories, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And if there were any other way, if there were any other way, would not God have done it that way? And not only was it a propitiation, but it was also an act of redemption. In the time of the New Testament, this word was used to refer to the buying back of a slave, the price paid to buy the slave's freedom. God himself paid redemption to himself so that humans can be freed from the slavery to sin. John 8.35, Romans 7.14 The price was paid, 1 Peter 1.18-19 And so we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 As Christian disciples, we are bought at a price. We have a new position before God. We are bought out of slavery to sin into glorious freedom where we are now slaves to righteousness, Romans 6.19, and slaves to Christ, Romans 6.22. We are also now Jesus Christ's personal possession, as Paul reminds the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 16 verse 19. Is it any wonder the Corinthian Jews got upset with him? Paul, that is. But it is our responsibility to choose that way. God does not and cannot coerce forcefully. He leaves it as a choice for humans to make as individuals. And what is our response to this to be? Sacrifice, substitution, propitiation and redemption can be summed up in one word, love. For 1 John 3.16 states, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Jesus told us to take up our cross if we are to follow him as his disciple. Luke 9.23 Are you as a Christian disciple willing to take up your cross and do all you can to love others? For more to think about, please do read chapters Acts 17 and 18. Ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Then why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend so that you can pray over any issues together? Question 1 what can I adapt from Paul's methods in order to help my evangelism? And question two, when I evangelize, what is the message I proclaim? As ever, if you have any comments to make on this, please do contact me at partake at hotmail.co.uk. Thank you and God bless.